Welcome back to another episode of Consciously Clueless. I'm your host, Carly, and I'll be your guide on this journey from consciousness to cluelessness and back around again. Today on the podcast, I am joined by Zipporah Warwood. Zipporah, whose Instagram bio sums it up best, is your local black vegan who calls out injustices and shares food pics. We got into conversations about those injustices within the vegan movement and so much more. We talked about intuitive eating, eating disorders, spreading veganism with intent, finding your community, and so many more good things. I can't wait for you to hear. Enjoy. So thank you for joining me this morning. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited to chat with you. So the first question I like to ask people, uh, this podcast is called Consciously Clueless. And I chose that name because for me, it meant I was creating this place where I could explore all the things in between being like really conscious and feeling like those moments you're like, I'm on top of it, I'm killing it. And then when you're like, wow, I feel really clueless. I have no idea what I'm doing in this world and like everything that comes with that. So that being said, I want to just kind of check in with you and see where do you feel like you're falling on that today or right now? Um, Yeah, I think that's a good um, way to see things because it's like as much as you will learn different things and like learn new concepts and how things work, there's always so much that there is still to learn. Um, So I think that that's a really good approach of like consciously clueless like it's like you're learning but it's also just like you know that there are so many gaps (laughs) still there um but I think that's like the beauty of of life right as corny as that sounds um and I think that that's the attitude that we should have because I think that a lot of the times we acquire knowledge and we're like yeah like I know what there is to know about this topic and that's so dangerous because life is constantly changing people are constantly evolving and there are always going to be like you know different things to learn. So yeah, that's so, that's such a perfect segue because I think what I really appreciate about starting to follow you on social media and starting to read your blog was that it pushed me in my privilege and my whiteness in veganism to realize like, yeah, I don't know all there is to know. And I think that that's a huge thing with being vegan and being white is people are like, yep, cool. Nailed it. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's a very, like for a lot of white people, it's the is all end all like being vegan is like the Mm. whole picture. Um, And I think that that's the danger. Cause I'm like, when I write about like white veganism and like um, the issues with that, it's not necessarily obviously Um, the fact of being white and being vegan, right? Like, that's just, like, that wouldn't make sense. It's the idea (laughs) that that is the only form of oppression that you feel comfortable denouncing. Um, Mm. And that's unfortunately really common for a lot of white folks because um, they don't do the work to unlearn all these other systems of oppression, right? And it's easy to relate to animals or to want to kind of, like, save animals because they don't have a voice or they can't advocate for themselves. Mm. And so it leaves the 
the, the room open for people to kind of like barge in and then like make all these rules and create all these groups and like, yeah. you know, anonymous for the voiceless, for instance, and really just like be like, there's no excuse to not be vegan and no, no, no. And it's like, I get where you're trying to go. Like you want the most amount of people to go vegan. And so right. you're very, um, you feel strongly about that, but you're not realizing that people have a lot of different lived experiences that complicate the experience of going vegan. And so showing some compassion and understanding to those folks can actually go a long way because you might be actually influencing a lot more people that way. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what that question was. But yeah. No, no, no. I, I love it. We're like diving right into the good mm-hmm, stuff yeah. that I was like thinking about this morning as I was reading your blog, because yeah. I definitely think that I've noticed like my Instagram feed has changed mm-hmm. in the last few weeks and I had to do that. Like that didn't happen naturally. That was because folks were like, I hope your Instagram looks different now because of everything that's happening. And it's one of those things that when you have privilege, you don't notice. That's the whole point. Like that's the beauty of privilege, right? Is I could just like keep on down the path, but having this change and being pushed. And now I can think of a few I'm I'm not going to live in shame, right? Because that's not that won't move me forward. But I can definitely think of things I've said in the past of just like, why wouldn't you be vegan? Why wouldn't you? Or not even just veganism. Something I feel passionate about in the world. Just like why why don't you see how I see it? Like how can you not get it? And there's so many things that allow me to step into those spaces quite easily, and others not to. Yeah, and to to remember that and to have folks um, tell you that and check you on that is so important. Mm -hmm. You've written a couple things on your blog specifically Mm -hmm. about um, white veganism and that like savior idea. Yeah. And you kind of just talked about that a little bit. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So um, it kind of stemmed from like a tweet that I had sent. So um and it originated from like on social media there are a lot of like black people um not necessarily vegan that were discussing the idea of um why people are vegan or white people in in particular um and when you look at let's say um black lives matter like different kind of movements you'll see that um for instance like black people like we can advocate for ourselves um we can center ourselves within um you know racial justice and we're still kind of like marginalized and we still face a lot of forms of oppression and white people will still try to center their feelings in it Mm -hmm. and try to like kind of like bring it back to them and like oh what I feel this way and this is kind of like about me when really it's like no like black people are the ones that are like dealing with the brunt of um, Mm. anti-black racism and so you just like look at that concept of us being able to vocalize our struggle and whatnot and then you compare it to um, animal like non-human animals because we're also animals Mm. Um, but you compare that to non-human animals and you see that they don't have that ability to communicate with us verbally and so it's quite easy for um, people who are not used to being checked and not um such as white people right Mm -hmm. to kind of like swoop in and speak on their behalf which is not necessarily i would say malicious in and of itself but when you look at vegans right like if the 
kind of it's kind of weird to say but like if like white people or white vegans were really in it because um they cared about ending um oppression and it was Mm -hmm. really about um being able to create a more just world for these living beings it would just make sense for that um framework to be applied consistently to other animals as well Mm. so other humans yeah and i think that that's my problem because I wouldn't have to write about white veganism or saviorship within veganism if all vegans were also about denouncing other forms of oppression and that's not only is that not true but a lot of vegans will perpetuate and uphold um things like um ableism right and I used to do that as well when I first started um even though I had an eating disorder and it was really complicated for me to go vegan once I went vegan I was like oh it's done like you you don't really have an excuse or um you know like what's your reason as you said right without realizing like oh no like people have completely different lived experiences than me and just because I've reached this point does not mean that someone else has reached there um and that yeah so like the whole like saviorship or um the the tweet was like if animals could speak many uh white vegans would not be vegan Mm. um specifically because I just can't you know, like, I just, yeah. that, like, if, you know, like, if an animal were to be like, no, like, this is not how I want you to show up, or, you know, like, you can actually, it's actually okay if someone does, like, a little bit, at least they're doing something, you know, like, don't dissuade someone from trying, you know, like, and a lot of, you know, militant vegans, they're like, no, like, <laughs> you can't do any of it, and it's, it's like, I don't, I don't know that animals would have that same approach, right, and, like, none of us know. Um, but you can only look at other forms of oppression and see how that's being dealt with and, you know, make your conclusions from there. Oh, wow. That was really beautifully articulated. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's really important because I, I didn't take into account how white veganism really was Mm -hmm. for quite a while. Um, but you're so right. And now being pushed to look at that, I I am noticing like some of the organizations that are really outspoken against animal cruelty and being really silent on these other issues, especially right now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the the thing. It's like, I understand that for certain groups, that's not like your cause quote unquote. Right. So like it, it makes sense that your, your feed is not like, night and day like black yeah. lives matter everywhere because like at the same time there are so few groups that are denouncing animal exploitation so I understand it right but like mm-hmm. you do have an obligation to your fellow human beings to say like yeah we're against animal exploitation and we're also with you because we do not stand for any kind of oppression or any kind of um and that the extending that compassion extending that kind of um understanding to to humans is something that a lot of people will be like no it's it's about the animals or um that's you know like they have their movement and we have ours and it's like if you think of things in like such um categorized way you're never going to get anywhere right because Mm -hmm. you know people occupy different intersections of being and so um that's just like the least productive way to go about um you know liberation for all people Well, and I think that something that when I became vegan, it was for health first. And then I kind of stumbled into like, Mm -hmm. oh, the environment, oh, animals. 
But the thing that I think is not talked about as much as those other pieces, like the environment is getting a lot of attention with the intersection of animal agriculture right now, which I think is beautiful. Um, but like workers' rights, like the people working yeah. in these factories. Mm-hmm. And so like the more you dig in and not in a corny way, like we are all one because we experience different things, but it is all connected. Like we are yeah. all one because all of those things, like there's a domino effect. They're not exactly. these categories that can be like, this is an issue. This is an issue. Like I was just exactly. reading about, um, you know, COVID and the people working in those factories that are mm-hmm. pig slaughterhouses and everything else. It is all connected. Like all yeah. these forms of oppression are just layered on top of each other. Yep. Absolutely. And um, the thing with like workers' rights in like slaughterhouses or like factory farms, those are often people who are undocumented. Mm-hmm. They get paid really low wages. The conditions that they have to work in are atrocious. Oof. Like no bathroom breaks. Like there are things that are just like, why would you like supporting um, animal agriculture? You're supporting those forms, right? So it's just like, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, it's hard it's like one of those things you're like, it would be really easy to pretend that wasn't a part of it too, but yeah. it's also really motivating, mm-hmm. you know, to be like, Oh, this choice has ripple effects in all these different areas. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that I, is like something for me to cling to, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. Cause it's like, you don't, cause once you're, I don't know how long you've been vegan, Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been vegan for like three years or so. And like, you kind of, it just becomes habit. Like you forget about it sometimes. Yeah. Um, and it's good to sometimes just be like, oh, you know, like the world is shit and things are <laughs> terrible. But like, at least there's this one thing that I have the ability to do that I'm doing and that I know is like not causing more harm in mm-hmm. all of these different ways. Right. So it's like that thing that you could cling on to sometimes. Yeah. I feel yeah, that. for sure. So tell me a little bit about how you became vegan. Um, I became vegan. it was like a very long journey. Um, when I was in high school, I watched this video on YouTube called Meet Your Meat. Ugh. Um, yeah, I, and so they had like a different segment for every animal. So it was like there were like a few minutes where they looked at like chicken, um, chickens and how what they experienced, and then cows and whatever. Um, well, not whatever, but yeah, um, <laughs> I remember like oh, whatever. Uh, I remember seeing that and being so shocked I was like I can never do this again and I was like 14 or something um but I just you know lived at home was not convicted in my like like I knew it was wrong and that's like when the seed was planted but I was never I never like it's hard to like difficult to say but I didn't care enough to like really make the change um but it was always on my radar so I went vegetarian for a few years went back to eating meat then I went pescatarian um and I also had an eating disorder throughout that process so it was really hard for me to kind of like a lot of my comfort foods or like foods that I would binge on were um animal based mm-hmm. and so um when I was in um like my first year of college or something I told myself I was like okay um veganism is the goal like you need I just like kept researching I kept like even when I wasn't vegan like years before I was just like watching the videos and the documentaries mm. and just like really trying to ground myself in the why um and yes. it's, it's, it sounds really like violent that I needed to see the videos so often and like really because 
when I went about my day, like everyone was just still eating animals. It was still like, so I, I couldn't be like, it wasn't easy for me to make that connection because it's not like, I, I, it was only privy to me when I was watching those documentaries or when I was like watching the videos. Otherwise, like no one was talking about it in my circles, at least like I wasn't really following any vegans. So that's one thing yeah. that I started to do was like find people online and then slowly went from like being pescatarian to like um, cutting out dairy and then eggs. Um, and then in 2017, like spring of 2017, um, I just like, was like, yeah, like, let's go. And yeah, I've been vegan for like three years now. So. I really appreciate you talking on your blog openly too about having an eating disorder and like the intersection of that and becoming vegan. Would you be willing to talk a little bit more about that experience? Um, yeah, for sure. So it was just, um, it just complicated the process because food, because of course, like the food part isn't all there is to veganism, right? Like Mm -hmm. um, there's like the clothes aspect. It's like what kind of like makeup that you use, the kind of product, you know, like it extends to a lot of things, but the main thing that you kind of like indulge in or partake in fairly regularly is food. Um, And when you look at like the animal exploitation like the side that's easier to relate is um in as much as it relates to the food production right so like um slaughterhouses and factory farms and whatnot um and so yeah it was just difficult because I I wasn't able like to to me food was just something that was very um it's just like very sensitive like I'm like I'm not I'm not ready to um change this because Mm -hmm. it caused a lot of anxiety Mm -hmm. um and when I did try it would kind of just um trigger a lot of like eating like bad behaviors um Mm -hmm. and so it just wasn't healthy for me um so I just I took it slowly and you know took it day by day and didn't shame myself for having to do it slowly um and it's a good thing that I wasn't following all these groups that are super like there's no excuse. Like you got to go mm. vegan today because if I were see- if I was seeing those messages, I think that it would have dissuaded me a lot. And even though veganism is not about vegans, right? It's about doing the most that you can for the animals. Right. Um, I think that like I wasn't. I think I would have been one of those people that was turned off and been like, oh well, you know, like I'm not vegan because like you know not these vegans were mean to me, um, but like I didn't feel like I could like join into that movement. Um, so yeah, I just followed vegans that like were less um, militant. Um, mm-hmm. So I could see like examples and especially like black vegans and seeing what they were yeah. cooking and like how they advocated for it. And then when I looked at black vegans, I was like, oh no, there's like none of this like militant, like restrictive, judgy oh, stuff. Oh, interesting. Like, was, yeah. And that's, that was key for me. And I didn't, I don't think I realized it until now because I was going over the accounts that I was following. And I was like, no, like they're like all black vegans or vegans of color and I think that that was key for me because I just felt like okay like I see representation one but also the way in which you're advocating for veganism is like in a way that like I can um I I I feel comfortable taking my time to do this and like respecting my boundaries and being able to be in this in the long haul so yeah yeah and you wrote something about um spreading veganism with intent which I think is mm-hmm. what you just started to kind of touch on is, um, and that is something not just with veganism, but with anything I'm passionate about that I've definitely mm-hmm. had to learn and I'm still learning 
mm-hmm. um, because I get really excited and I want everyone in my life to follow along. And I'm like, guys, like, yeah. this is, I'm right. Yeah. I, I swear this yeah. is a good thing to care about. Um, yeah. But, you know, telling people what to do doesn't always work. <laughs> exactly. I, I completely relate. Like, having that excitement and just... Because that's what I... When I first went vegan, forget about it. Like, oh. I was talking to everyone. I was like, do you watch a documentary? Like, what are you doing? Nah, 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 nah. Because it's like... It's just a switch, right? Like, it's like... Even though veganism was on my radar for years, yep. once you commit to... It's like the switch just goes off and you're like, I need everyone to know. And then you have to remember like how you were before that switch was turned on um, and then try to influence from that lens. So like, I totally get it. Yeah, it's hard. I also it's had it hard. on my radar for years and years. My best friend growing mm-hmm. up was vegan for so long. Mm-hmm. And then once the the switch flipped, it was just like, you can't unflip it. It's yeah. like once mm-hmm. it happens, it's it's hard to describe before to people who haven't experienced it. And it sounds a little crazy, (laughs) but once it happens, there's like, it's hard to go back and you see people, especially the health thing, I think was really hard for me, um, to then have people in my life. I was just like, but I want you to live to be a thousand years old and, and I don't want you to eat that anymore. And I'm worried about you, but it doesn't, it doesn't sound like that when you're telling people to like put that burger down exactly yeah and it's like people don't necessarily relate to it because the switch isn't off right and you don't know where people are at in their journeys right and so like that's something that I talk about a bit in like spreading veganism with intent is like being able to see where someone's at because Mm. when I first went vegan it was very much just like everyone needs to know these this is what helped me and you're just regurgitating everything that you probably compiled for years you know what I mean so it's just like and you don't know where that person is on the like let's say for me it took me I would say five years or so to like come to this so you don't know where someone is at in that five-year journey if that's also something that they're on so um one thing that I've been more privy to is just questions that make sense so like people who are Mm. like oh I want to go vegan but I don't know where to start that's not someone that like I'm going to necessarily pour in my energy to because that signals to me that you just are looking for someone else to do the work or you saw veganism and you think that it's trendy and you want to jump on board because if you've done a little bit of research asking I don't know where to start it's it's not something that you would say especially not in 2020 Um, you would ask things like oh I've try to cut out my dairy consumption but I'm struggling with cheese or um what's your favorite brand of like milk like how do you like what do you put in your coffee like they'll be asking more pointed questions that that signal okay you've done something so let me like continue with you you know so I think that that's what I meant like in terms of like making sure that you're queuing into where someone's at and their journey and advising them accordingly and also knowing when to be like hey like it doesn't really seem as though maybe you're like I would just ask why do you want to go vegan? When people ask these like really big questions, I'm like, why? Do-? And it's usually, oh, well, and it, you can tell that it's not really founded in anything, which is not anything wrong, right? Like we all right. start somewhere. Um, but then it's just like, oh, so these are the documentaries that you can watch. Once you watch those, let me know if you want to stick with it or, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a really good point is mm-hmm. listening to cues of where people are at. I really yeah. like that idea of like, okay, I just... I'm going to listen to kind of where you're at and remember my own journey 
And mm-hmm. I, I mean, in the beginning, I was as bold as telling people like, well, you just don't get it yet. And, Ooh, and yeah. now I think of that and I'm like, oh I've, I've no, that. no, no, no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> cause if someone I, would have said that to me, like, well, you just don't understand. I would have been so turned off. Yeah. 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 I think I can remember that too. Yeah. I, cause it also comes from a place of, it, it, it's like that thing that you say before you get in your field as of like as a vegan because it's just so heartbreaking when like yes. you, you know and like that Oof. and it's a defense mechanism right that we do and so it comes across as though we're super crass and like well you don't just don't get it yet but then you like turn around and you just feel so defeated and so like fuck I wasn't able to like advocate for animals or I wasn't able to convince this person um and I think that if we were able to cue into that like sadness or that defeat that we feel um, and let people in on that vulnerability as mm. opposed to being like, oh, well, you don't get it yet as like an attack. I think people would be better. They'd be like, oh, wow, like this person actually really cares about this issue or like this. And then they could maybe cue in easier, right? Because like we're all, but no one wants to be vulnerable. And that's just like human for us to be like, let me just like hurt you before like I like get into my feels or hurt myself. So, yeah. well, and it's so, it's so like humans are silly right like it's so Mm -hmm. fascinating how easy it is to forget like exactly what would work for me and then I was like doing the opposite (laughs) like Mm -hmm. you know like I would connect if someone did exactly what you said but then that's not what I was doing yeah exactly because you're on the other side right and it's like you forget you're just like oh you should also be in this with me. And it's like, no, no, no. Like people are completely different. We have our different lived experiences. Like we don't necessarily, we do a really, we have a really hard job at like putting ourselves in the shoes of other mm. people. Um, and we have to be doing that when we're doing activism, especially, which is funny. Cause like we sometimes don't. And it's like, that's the one moment that you really have to like, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, so you have, some amazing pictures of food on your feed and some fun recipes on your blog um, that if anyone's looking for inspiration, they should, they should head over to you. Um, Did you like cooking and enjoy kind of like that kind of fun food creativity before going vegan? Or was that something that happened after? Um, yeah, definitely, like, before, so I was a kid that, like, grew up watching, like, TLC and, like, cooking shows and all these, like, different, like, shows that were tailored to, obviously, adults, so I was, <laughs> I was, like, six or seven, I like, watching, I think it was, like, Rachel Ray, she has this, like, segment, this, like, 30-minute cooking segment, I don't know if you I know remember it, but... that, I forgot oh. about that, yes. Yeah, I would watch that, like, religiously. Like, I'd be like, okay, what is she making? Um, and they kind of just taught me, like, like obviously also, like, looking at my parents, too, and, like, what they were cooking. Um, but, like, I'm from um, Grenada. So my dad's from Grenada and my mom's from St. Vincent. So okay. um, Caribbean household. And mm-hmm. the dishes are usually, like, I would, like, pretty complex. So, like, it was on Sundays, it would do, like, the whole, like, cooking for, like, a week. So you have all these different foods. Mm. Um and when they would cook, it always seemed like this really long endeavor. Like it was just like, it just took so much time. And so it was weird for me to watch Rachel Ray, like make this 
food and like it took like 30 minutes and I was like oh, are you kidding me like it takes me like, like I'm like my parents take like three hours to make food but it's also like you know the flavors are a lot more layered the dishes are yeah. more complex um and so like it also comes out in like the the results that you have from either and so um when I was growing up I was kind of like reconciling both I'm like okay I want to really make like really good food that like my parents make but I'm also not interested in being in the kitchen for hours like that's just not me um and so from a young age I would I started cooking in a way that was like multitasking all the time so it's like I have one thing on the pan I'm doing dishes here Mm -hmm. I'm doing this and I'm doing everything at once because I'm like I just want to be out of here it's weird because I love being in the kitchen but there's just something you're not trying to spend the whole night there no absolutely not and so um I think because I started cooking when I was like seven or eight like um I kind of just like got into the hang of things so now when I do things it's kind of just like second nature and um when I was a kid my like I would have my parents like taste my food um and at first they were just like this is garbage like what are you doing and (laughs) I like but they would give me like small things to make. Like it'd be like, okay, like you can make like stir fry vegetables. I'm like, got it. Like, um, and then, yeah. And then over time I kind of got better at it. And it was kind of a a curse because they would just like, let me cook for the family. And I was like, Oh, that's not what I wanted to do. (laughs) Wait, no, this isn't what I signed up for. (laughs) Hold on. Exactly. So yeah, no, definitely from a young age, it was really fun cooking. Um, so it kind of just translated when I went vegan. But it, yeah, I just had to like relearn a lot of things because a lot of things that I were making were very like animal based. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but luckily, like I always cooked with spices and like knowing how different like um, grains would, you know, work with each other and stuff. So yeah, it's been a long time coming. <laughs> Have you been able to transition some of the traditional Caribbean food that you grew up making or eating into vegan versions? For sure. Like a lot of the simple ones, yes. Um, for there are a lot of dishes that I just um luckily like I have a lot of like family members, like uncles who are also cooks or like good in the kitchen. And mm. so like they'll they'll know how to do a plant based version of it. Like oh, cool. um yeah, because a lot of the dishes in the Caribbean are actually not, like, um, I, I mean, like, you have, like, jerk chicken or, like, um, you know, curry goat or stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but they're very easy to kind of, like, swap because it's really just all about the flavors and the um, the method that you're using. And so you can make, like, um, jerk tofu, which is something that I do often. Mm. You can make, um, like, curried mushrooms. Like, if you take, like, really, like, big... Um, yeah um <laughs> you could do like the mushroom and because usually like, curry goat will be like goat and uh potatoes with like some onions okay. um and like a, a curry sauce um and so instead of doing the goat you would use the the mushrooms to kind of like replace it and then you would do the same method for the potatoes um and kind of like make a stew out of that it doesn't make the same like you don't have the same chewy texture mm-hmm. um but that's definitely like one way that you can um kind of like replicate Yum. those flavors i know that sounds the, so good so the first thing i thought of was like jackfruit for that like texture yeah um what do i use jackfruit for in vegan dishes like for curry but more for like roti I don't know okay. if you, yeah. So it's like, it's a curry that's less, um, I would say, runny than like, okay. curry goat will have like more of a, 
a sauce to it and you'll mm. you tend to eat it with rice whereas like the curry that you make for a roti will be a like a lot thicker because you don't want it to be it'll still be saucy but you don't want it to be like fully running um mm-hmm. from the roti so if you did something like that the meat is tends to be like a little more um like pulled and so like yeah jackfruit would work really well for that actually yeah oh girl i'm hungry sounds really good I definitely need to like I think just you know quarantine I've been in like a rut of getting the same things from the grocery store but you said curry and I was like yes Mm -hmm. I haven't had a curry in a long time too so that's like on my radar as well for sure you posted recently um on Instagram about intuitive eating which mm-hmm. is something I have been, I talked to another guest a few weeks ago about and something I've been thinking about more and more. Could you talk a little bit more about that? For sure. Um, so intuitive eating is kind of like mindfulness as it's applied to um, eating. Um, and it has its roots in like Buddhist uh, traditions and like East Asian cultures. And there are two like dietitians, obviously like North American that kind of um, ran with that. Um, and applied it to eating in the principles. So there are about like 10 principles or so. Um, but the whole, I guess, idea is to be able to cue into your hunger, uh, respect your respect your hunger, um, kind of go away with diet culture, um, mm. make peace with food, get over food rules, right? Because there are a lot of things that we think of like, oh, you need to have a plate of like, protein, vegetables, and starches, right? Like, that's something that's ingrained in all of us. Uh, Maybe not all of us, but most of us in, like, North America. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's going away with that and being like, oh, no, like, if you want to have food, like, yesterday, for instance, like, I think I had a smoothie in the morning and I had planned to make pancakes. I was like, yeah, I'm going to make pancakes tomorrow, have the day off. And then I was like, no, like, I'm craving a smoothie, so I just made a smoothie. And then I didn't eat until, like, later. Like, I did a spin class. And then I was like, oh, wow, I'm, like, really hungry, but I I just want a bagel. And so mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, you could actually just have a bagel. So I just like toasted a bagel and put some butter on it. Whereas before I would be like, oh no, like I need to get my greens. I need to get my grains in. I, what about my protein? What about this? And it's like, the thing is, if you're eating intuitively, like over time, your your body will kind of like be craving the things that it requires. If you're eating, especially like whole foods, yes. um, because- I think that's the part that, like, I'm not sure if that still abides by food rules, but, like, because if, if you're practicing t- intuitive eating, but you're eating, um, like, a lot of junk food, I eat junk food, but, like, not 24-7. Right. Um, it, it makes it hard to cue into your hunger signals because you're eating a lot of empty calories. And so, like, your hunger just doesn't, you never feel satiated. And so mm-hmm. you're not, in a sense, able to practice intuitive eating. So, I think that one thing that's important is to be make sure that you're eating mainly whole foods um, so that you're better able to like feel your hunger and kind of like listen to what your body needs. Yeah, I think it's so important, an important part of mindfulness that mm-hmm. is not talked about as much. Um, but something I've been thinking about again, I usually was really hungry when I woke up in the mornings and I just haven't been lately. And so like I made some oatmeal and I was just kind of like twirling it around with my spoon and not really eating it. I was like, why am I, I have no reason to be forcing myself to eat this. I'm not interested. I'm not hungry. 
I'll save it for later. And it was yeah. like a novel idea to me. I was like, oh, I don't I have yeah. to eat this breakfast. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, because it's like from the time you're a kid, right? It's just like breakfast, lunch, dinner, and like you can't leave the table unless you finish your food or like, and when you're a baby or when you're growing, like, of course, there's that concern of like you getting your nutrients in mm-hmm. and like, you don't necessarily understand what hunger is and you're not able to cue in for yourself. And so, yeah, your parents are going to like force feed you to a certain right. extent. But like, once you get to a point where you can actually understand what hunger is, you can understand your emotions, you can, you know, like you can articulate different things and yeah, you can actually practice intuitive eating, whereas, like, you don't have to eat at certain times, like, if you're not hungry, like, I think that's the, but, again, like, with having an eating disorder, that you can run into issues there, Mm -hmm. right, because it's just, like, you'll convince yourself that you're not hungry a lot of the times, like, I don't, like, I've never had really, like, anorexia, but, like, with binge eating, you'll kind of go through waves of, like, um, usually it's characterized by just, like, um, periods of time where you're just like binge eat you eat a lot of food in one sitting and then you'll kind of like try to restrict yourself and be like oh I'm never eating again and you'll convince yourself of that for like hours days maybe until you're like super hungry and then you you binge again because that's just like how it goes um and so when you're in that period of like convincing yourself that you're um never going to eat again or like calories are bad you you like sometimes you are actually starving um, but if you tell yourself, oh, no, I'm not hungry or I ate already, then you're confusing what you're actually feeling with, like, what your disorder is, like, telling you to, um, it's just telling you not to eat. So right. um, that's something that you have to get over before practicing intuitive eating. And I think that it's, it's a practice and it's a journey. So it's, like, you're never going to be, like, fully there. But it's, I think it's about, like, getting the basis and being able to kind of, like, work with the different um, principles. Well, and I think even the way you described it is better than the no- the limited knowledge I had of it. And it's so easy when these like health and wellness trends pop up to just start it, but not really yeah. know why or like the, yeah. the foundation you should have first. So that's a really good point. Yeah. Like, okay, so my issues around food need to be a little more solid maybe, bef- you know, like that's mm. not necessarily a part of the conversation. That could be really and it has been damaging to yeah. a lot of people's ideas around food. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's because a lot of people are using intuitive eating as this like new trend. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you think of it, as you said, as like mindfulness, it's a, it's a part of mindfulness. It's no longer, that's something that you practice day to day. It's something that you constantly like have to check in with yourself and make sure that you're present and that you're there. Um, whereas like, if you look at other like, actual trends of like you know um dieting or like different like the keto diet or like no carbs after this time or blah 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 they usually have the objective is for you to lose weight um for the most part um and intuitive eating is not about losing weight it's about being able to feed yourself in a way that like honors your body and helps it thrive and so for some people that means that you will gain weight right? Some people, it means that you will lose. Some people will stay stagnant. Um, but it's not about that, right? It's mm-hmm. about like cueing into what your body actually needs. And I think that like, that's why I really try to not like 
promote it or like talk about it in a trendy way because it's it's so complicated and I think it's just like a way of seeing food and a way of like going about life kind of like a little like veganism in a sense that it's like there's not a specific kind of vegan vegan that you have to right. be like you be health vegan you can do this you can do that there are a lot of different ways that you can be vegan right. but at the end of the day it's about like not exploiting animals and same thing with intuitive eating it's like at the end of the day it's just about honoring your your body and and eating to to satisfaction that's the piece I want to like key in on that when you mm-hmm. said honoring the body mm-hmm. because we have so removed food from this idea of nourishment yeah. And I think a really damaging way. And I, when I was training to become certified as a health and wellness coach, that was the thing I kept coming back to is how many diets that pop up are so unsustainable. I felt like I had this secret. I was like, oh, people can just, just eat whole food, plant-based yeah. And like not count things. And of course there's goals. If you have health goals or health issues, like I'm not saying that. And for sure, but really the sustainable long-term like healthy thing, as I was going through this training, I was like, it's literally just eating plants. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. That's how yeah. we honor the body. Yeah. Well, because like, especially like unrefined or like, you know, like whole foods, right. Like plants, as you said, like they allow you to feel full, like the way that they um, like fill your stomach. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, I don't know, there's so many properties and I'm embarrassed because I did like a whole uh, certificate in nutrition, but like there are certain properties of food that are like exist in like um, plants that allow the fiber, especially, right? Like it yeah. allows your, your stomach to actually feel full as opposed to if you're just drinking, I don't know, just eating donuts, such as fat, it's just oil. And it's fine to eat donuts. Like I eat a lot of donuts, but like if you're <laughs> only eating that, like it, your body is not able to, it doesn't fill up to the point that it needs to be like, oh yeah, wow, I'm satiated because oil just doesn't occupy that same um, space in your stomach. Um, and it, when you break it down in that way, I think that like, it's easy to be like, oh yeah, like you just got to eat more plants and you, that, that should be the focus. Um, but it's hard because like, that's just like not the food that gets promoted. Um, and it's not the way that we're taught to think about food. Where yeah. Just, yeah. That's what I was thinking too, is a part of intuitive eating. Not only when are you hungry, but when are you full? Yeah. That's another yeah. thing too, that I think is really interesting. And I mean, I've done it recently, I'm sure with like a bowl of popcorn, the size of my head, like, all of a sudden yeah. you're done and you're like, oh, I was full like <laughs> 20 minutes ago. Absolutely. And I like, I talk about this a lot, like in the blog post that's on my Patreon. Um, but it's like knowing when I'm hungry, I'm like, okay, I got that piece. Yes. But the full part, because it, I don't know, because it's like, it's comforting. It's like something you do when you're bored. It kind of, and those lines get blurred a lot. And I think it's it's fine to sometimes seek out food be, for comfort. I think it's mm-hmm. fine sometimes to seek out food for, you know, but it becomes dangerous when you're doing it all the time because you're no longer able to cue into your fullness signals, right? So, um, yeah, everything in moderation. As they say. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
Oh, that's so, 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 so true. I really appreciate you talking a little bit more about that because I think it's an important conversation to have alongside talks about like veganism and food and that kind of thing, because if veganism has done anything for me, it's increased my mindfulness in like every area of life, you know, definitely like set me on the path of thinking more critically about stuff in general. And I think intuitive eating is a part of that. How long have you been vegan? Officially like two years. Nice. But I definitely related to your story of um, the like years of getting there because as I mentioned before, uh, she's going to get mentioned a lot on this podcast. My best friend growing up, um, she was vegan from a really young age. She was vegetarian, then she's vegan, then she's vegetarian and vegan and way ahead of the curve, Um, you know, like in middle school talking about veganism and I'm in Northern Minnesota. So it's not like it was like a big conversation anywhere. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think of that's the thing I always fall back on when I think of how I can influence others is how I grew up hunting and fishing and, you know, eating an American standard Western diet. And she just was my best friend. And stuck by me and planted seeds but like didn't push me yeah and when I think of that I'm like how can I talk harshly to anybody about Mm -hmm. making an immediate change when it took me years to understand and for those things to really come to fruition so I was first I cut out red meat and then I was pescatarian and so I like very much related to your journey and I found out I was lactose intolerant years Um, prior so that mm -hmm. made me cut out dairy and then I was I was taking those pills that help you digest dairy oh my goodness and then it like hit me I all of a sudden one day hit me and got really grossed out I was like oh I'm taking something to digest the milk of another animal yeah like all of a sudden it hit me and I like threw them in the garbage I was like ew yeah yeah it's crazy that like the lengths that we go to in order to like consume another animals I'm just like what like most of us are lactose intolerant but I think it's really beautiful that your like best friend was able to because that's like an incredible um it's probably because it's she went vegan when she was so young so it's like compassion just comes a lot easier to you when you're younger um but that like just being able to continue being friends with you and like just like and understand that like that's a tremendous amount of like compassion and understanding that like we all as vegans need to be able to extend to other people so I think that's like it's really incredible yeah I agree her once I was officially vegan her mom was like do you think it was because of Michelle that this happened and I was like I mean it definitely started with her when we were eight years old like that Mm -hmm. I was just slow to grow that one (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Like, yeah, sometimes I just kind of want to speed up the growth for some people. Like, I'm just like, what can I do to get that journey quicker? Yes. Um, But I think that in some instances, maybe we can, especially now in 2020, because it's like, you know, there's so many more resources available now Mm -hmm. than there were, let's say, like five or 10 years ago. Um, And so like, I think that we, or at least 
for me, like I just try to kind of like introduce people to different dishes and kind of have them like, even if they're not ready to go vegan, I'm like, I don't care. You don't got to be vegan. Like you, you can make this dish. You can meet this one. Um, look, you know, and just like show them different things. And so like that just like influx of like information and kind of like things that you can make. And like, here's this food that I made without necessarily even talking about veganism sometimes because like people have that knee-jerk reaction when you like mention animal rights or veganism or cruelty or all that stuff so I just like remove that from my vocabulary and I'm like hey like there's this really like cool dish that I make or like there's this like um event going on or just like talking about things without necessarily using those words that like trigger people and I'm just like let's go but in in the back of my mind I'm just like this is like waiting for the moment Yeah, I feel like a Jehovah Witness sometimes. Have you heard about our Lord? Yeah. I love making dishes and having that moment where someone's like, oh, this is vegan. And like my face yeah. is just like, yeah. yes, it is. Yeah. And yeah. you were surprised. You liked yeah. it. Like I can't like yeah. smile any bigger when someone's like, oh, this is good. I'm like mm-hmm. I gotcha. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think. But there's so many options. Like, I remember the first time that I had my dad try, like, um, an A&W. So, like, in Canada, there's this, like, restaurant chain called A&W. And they were one of the first to bring out the plant-based, like, um, the Beyond Meat Burger. Mm. And so this happened, I think, like, a year after I went vegan. So, like, in 2018, they, like, brought that out. Um, And I was ordering it, like, every other week. Like, it was really good. (laughs) And... (laughs) And my dad was like, oh, just, like, order me a regular burger. And I was like, oh, sure. And I ordered him, like, a Beyond Meat burger. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he couldn't – he was, like – he ate it, and he finished it. He's yes. like, wow, that was really good. And I was like – what I think he said, like, it's less burnt than usual or it's less crispy. And I was like, yeah. And I, I told him, I was like, oh, that was actually, like, the vegan. And he was like, no. And he, like, went in the garbage, like, took out the like, wrapper. He was like – are you serious? And I was like, yeah, like, this is what you're missing out on just because of your notions of what vegan food is. Mm. And like, after that, like, we got to try a lot of different like restaurants and stuff because he was like, oh, I want to try all of the things if this is what's possible, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Has anybody in your friends or family kind of immediate circle become more plant-based because of your influence? Yeah, so my dad actually went plant-based um, more for health reasons because um, okay. he was diagnosed with, like, um, cancer, and unfortunately, he passed um, in 2018, but, like, he oh, definitely, sorry. no, it's okay, um, but he, like, got on that wave, and, like, yeah. it was crazy because he, like, he outlived a lot of his, um, like, the expectations that were, oh, wow. um, like, placed upon him. Yeah, because he, um, he was out here doing all the things, like, he was super active and had like stage three cancer and was like pretty ill at times yeah and he was just like do it and you couldn't tell and I think a lot of it was because of like the food that he was eating he was like also like super healthy like he was like I would be eating like Oreos and stuff and he was like (laughs) oh I I I don't eat that junk food and he'd be like making himself like Kalaloo and like kale and all these like good stuff um and he got like he would cook a lot for his friends as well Um, So, yeah, he definitely, like, went plant-based, which was cool. Um, My sister was, like, on and off vegetarian. um, And mainly my friends, though. Like, I would say that, like, I think all of my friends are vegan. 
Wow, that's actually crazy. I'm trying to think now. Yeah, I don't have any like close friends that are not vegetarian at the least. Like, I think I have like two vegetarian friends, and for the most part, my circle is vegan. Like, it took a long time. (laughs) Yeah, it's really cool. It's like I love it. Like, it's and for some people, like it happened without me necessarily having to like push the agenda. Like, one of my friends. We had went for brunch in, I think it was like the weekend after Mother's Day. Um, and she was someone who's like very um, pro, like like an activist in all the ways. And so I knew that veganism would relate to her because it's just like an extension of that. But yep. I didn't, um, you know, she's also Black. And so it's really hard in the Black community, especially to like go vegan because of the preconceived notions of what it is. Mm. Um, and then we just like went for brunch and she was like, yeah, like I, I didn't tell you, but I've like been vegan. And I was like, I was like, I literally started crying. I'm so dramatic. Like I was, like, <laughs> I, was I was like, when did this happen? Oh yeah. It was a month after Mother's Day. Yeah. And she's like, oh, like Mother's Day. And I'm like, you've been vegan for a month and you haven't told me. Like I was, but anyway, I was just like a mess. Uh, but yeah, like she's been vegan for like, a year two years um and you know has like influenced on like her family members mm. and she's just like and now we just get to talk about it and it's like and the switch has gone off for her so we have these conversations like like the one I'm having with you and it's just like it's so great to be able to connect with like yeah. people in that way that you like care about so deeply and it just like I feel deepens your bond with those with those people because it's just like yeah we're I understand you so much yeah yeah, absolutely. It's like one of those people you can catch their eye out in a crowd when something happens and you're like, you're seeing this, I'm seeing this. Like, that's yeah, the type of bond. Exactly. Exactly. You're like, yo, we in this. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, For sure. Like gives another layer to your friendship. It's so beautiful. Yeah. That's lovely. Well, I uh, really appreciate chatting with you this morning. Of course. Couple last questions. Um, what do you do to slow down and become present or conscious and just kind of like check in with yourself? And has that evolved over time? Um, I do a really bad job at that. <laughs> um, um, I've tried, I started like journaling more regularly. Mm. So um, whenever like I remember to, I'll like jot something down. And not necessarily because I have something to write, just because. I think that practice is like really healing without necessarily realizing it. Yes. Um, agreed. So just like picking up a pen and just like writing it down. Um, and then another thing that I've been doing is like having a, like a nighttime routine, which is like my skincare routine. Um, so I have that as well as like my daytime routine. And I used to just kind of, you know, just wash my face and like go about my day. Um, but now I just like take the time and kind of like moisturize myself and really just like cue in to, to me and like notice the changes even in my face and like really just like sit with that because I think that a lot of the times we just like look in the mirror to see like our flaws and stuff as opposed to just like being like oh wow like this has changed or I see how this is you know and it's kind of like you're noticing things about yourself as though like as you would when you're like caring for a child you know what I mean you're just like oh wow they're growing up so fast and it's like you don't realize that you're also changing like day to day so that's also something that I've like started noticing and like just taking more time to um, be present in like the everyday things that I do. That's beautiful. That's a form of mindfulness for sure. I guess. Yeah. (laughs) You know, paying attention and being like recognizing your own glow up day to day. Yeah. (laughs) 
yeah. like oh yeah. okay yeah look at what's happening in my body like mm-hmm. that's a good check-in yeah. um mm-hmm. if have I not asked you anything that you want people to know or anything that you want to share that you haven't been given space to um no not particularly I'm just curious as to what like the title for this would be I I'm not sure yet because I feel like we've covered a lot of stuff so. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep I like you it, posted right? I mean it goes with like consciously clueless right it's just like a lot of different things that you learn about so no thank you so much for having me this was like really amazing yeah this is so fun I love like selfishly in the beginning too I was just like if nobody listens it doesn't matter because I've started connecting with all these amazing people yeah and learning so much that that like is enough so where can people connect with you because I know they're going to want to after this Yes. Um, so my Instagram is Zipporah the Vegan. Um, I post pretty much daily. Um, my blog is ZipporahTheVegan.com. Um, I don't post too much there um, anymore, but I do post a lot on Patreon. So okay. um, again, Zipporah the Vegan. Um, I have like different tiers depending on like um, people's, I guess, like commitment or willingness to uh to donate um and yeah like I write a lot about like I have a blog post about intuitive eating um I do like vegan life hacks um Mm. so different like tips and tricks for people who are like going vegan or even people who are vegan who are like trying to switch things up um not that I'm a guru or anything but I feel like after three years I can kind of give a tip here and there absolutely Um, uh, so yeah so Instagram before the vegan blog is supportthevegan.com and patreon is also support the vegan awesome i'll put everything in the show notes so people can get a hold of you awesome thank you so much carly this is amazing <laughs> yeah thank you so much i look forward to connecting with you more and more in the future thanks for listening to another episode of consciously clueless I hope you grew as much from that episode as I did. I'm so excited to keep connecting with Sephora. She is a wealth of knowledge. If you are enjoying listening to this podcast, subscribe wherever you're listening. If you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review, that would help out so much to get this podcast into the ears of other listeners. And you might just be read as the review of the week on one of my weekly solo episodes. Thanks so much for your continued support, and I will see you in the next episode.